Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we come boldly before your throne of grace, your throne of mercy. We come in, O God, with the assurance of your word, coming in, O Father, knowing surely that you are faithful and that you watch over your word to perform it. Ma etu rebebehe seti brahate sidi brodosa. Shanameni kesegeborobo begedige zegebrashana. Limanta capratola sanje bredie. Monta capradola franja bredie. Male grandse, we are conscious that in your presence there is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Glory, glory, glory. Van mikantai pronounce every sanje bredika. Moshanza frakitula branja labadai. Jesus, the faithful one, Matakura Badabahai, the faithful witness, Bashkaska Pratuska, Imbrasa Abdakosha, Rabad Abdakosha, Abdakosha, Abdahaika, Marabdasa Shat Abdakisa Prahata Soy, Glory to God, Vrasan Jebredula Klanjala Suprahate, Mansha Prataika Pradoya. Good evening, beloved. Let's all lift up our hands. And praise and adoration to the Father. Manikusta branje pedia. God, you are worthy to be praised. Salabranska matongre behila sanja bradile. Montascata croto sanja igai. Caprute salimonje credile. Montasabatai. Racose gede bronje gedia. Monta crapa soya. Father, in your light we see light. You have shown us light. Montapale. And the way of light. Glory to your holy name. Hapora Bebehensha. Lifranze Preduska Parabanshe Petie. Elanta Prabika. Sapradola Kranza Pradile Kronja Labada. Lebronche de Franze Predida Sola. Hallelujah. Mot Egile. Sidro Oteseke Lebranje. Evritu Sata Piketro Sapa. Rabibihi Sata Kore. Geresi Shata Branda. Manzapa Usta Branda. Malegredia. We lift up our hands to you. Moshai Kaprusata. As the evening sacrifice, we sing songs of praise, songs of adoration unto you. Mon enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Bless the Lord. Bless his holy name forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man shafrat igola. Ha ha ha. Sapradole. Mon pradai. Mashanda. Mashenda. Mashinda. Mashinda. Mashinda, Mashinda, Mashitu Kuparahai, Glowe, 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 Masutu Dudugushka Dabahailas, Elaman Shalai, Levres Angel, Etletrosome, Manta Pratule, Vretonda Parinda Hashkata, Zebredula Pranja Pradule, Manshafra Sanja Prada, Manshapai Kaha, Rabababababahaya, Monta Prataika, Shadabrone Ketevronjelebaha, Monta Pratila, Moshanza Prakita Brunjalahai, Olutra Panja Clefredi, Moshanda Baronza Dai, 
how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. You are doing good in our lives. You are doing good, Father, in our midst. There is no shadow of turning with thee, O God. Oh, we bless you. We lift up adorations to your holy name. Jesus, you are the faithful and true one. We love you. We bless your holy name. We forget not your benefits. For you daily load us with good benefits. From the rising of the sun to the setting down of the same. You are great. You are mighty. You are awesome. And you are worthy to be praised. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Set apart and high. You are the most high God. The Holy One. The Righteous One. The Worthy One. Glory to your holy name forever. Hallelujah. 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 You reveal your secrets to your servants. Moshai. And to those who fear you. You reveal your counsels. We thank you dear God. Moshai. That you have not left us without help. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anointing of the Holy Ghost, the presence of Almighty God is in this place. We thank you, God. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for another opportunity to bask in your presence. To behold the sun, Levru Sanja Bradine, Manta Krata Bronjek Levresiga. Glory to your holy name, Jesus. Glory to your holy name, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory to your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Shata Bronde Ketiza, Masita Bronda Katie, Sivrahando Kremehente Shebelega, Ambru Zedine. Ambrigo Zedine Vrengene Cletro Sanja Prada, Moshala Transavraco Celebrenzo Medie, Emenda Hai. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Glory. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Glory. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Glory. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Glory. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good evening, beloved. I greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. You know, we are nearing the end of this camp meeting. And we have come a great mighty way with the Lord. And with his help. Uh, forgive us if uh, anything should happen with uh, electricity. 
he went live by faith. Amen. Uh, the area where we are in the studio uh, should be experiencing uh, no shedding at six. So should anything go wrong, uh, forgive us. And we will make sure that as soon as that's sorted, we are back live. But if not, bless the Lord. Amen. Uh, last night we 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 thought that they were going to go off at six, but they did not. So we ended up uh, going live late, and that probably inconvenienced some people's uh, washing times. But nonetheless, we bless God. Amen. Um, last night we we prayed mainly because uh, that's what the Lord instructed us to do. You know, I think it was on on Wednesday when we were here. Uh, we were praying right here and the angel of God appeared to me and I believe some of you saw that or saw the time when that happened and when we started to pray he said some things and then we started to pray and then while we were praying he motioned to me and said come come you have been called up to meet with jesus so as soon as he said that there was a light shaft almost like an elevator but light that pulled us up into the throne of Jesus Christ and when we have got into the throne room when we arrived there Jesus seemed to be discussing certain things with certain people there and then he turned and he saw me and he motioned toward me he didn't say hello <laughs> he didn't greet me he didn't say, how are you today? The first thing he said, he, he seemed to be holding the very same parchments uh, that the angel came with. And he motioned to me with those parchment, parchments. So he was motioning toward me. And he said, look, son, look, son. And I looked and those, those parchments, those scrolls had tears of them you could see the tear marks had tears of them and then jesus said to me what was necessary or the intercession necessary for these words to come to pass has already been he said, but tell my people down there to speak in agreement, in consent with what I have said. Because their supplications and the fulfillment of my word depends on them agreeing with what I have said. No, for the first time in my life, I, I witnessed 
aside to the Lord Jesus that in all the times that I've been graced by God's mercy to, to behold him, to see him and encounter him, I have never in my life witnessed that sign. He looked so adamant, so, 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 so serious and so resolute in his speech. And I realized for the first time in my life how important his word is to him. I realized for the first time in my life how important his word is to him. And that many of God's people are not in alignment, are not in concert with the Lord. We don't share the same mind, the same desires that he has for us. And he said to me, Tell them, tell them to supplicate with my words. He said, tell them to supplicate with my words. And then he said to me, kneel down. You know, there's nothing that the Lord God changed in the physical body of Jesus. The, the, the body he had when he was on earth was retained 100%. So when I knelt down, my, my eyes, my eye line beheld his knees. I don't want to say uh, his knees are one of the ugliest. <laughs> but they, 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 they had, they had, you know when, when, when you scarf or mark gold or bronze, you know how it looks? It had exactly those, those markings throughout. But there was glory there. I believe the reason why the Lord allowed me to see that was for me to identify with his intercessory ministry. That if, if Jesus is not doing any other thing in the spirit world, you know what he's doing? He's on his knees. When I saw those knees, I realized that because his knees my knees, oh, 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 I'm not saying they're like his, but my knees from years and years of prayer have, have become callous in certain areas. And the knees of the Lord Jesus, you could see in certain areas, they were, you know, disconfigured. And as I was kneeling, fire, shot out from his knees.
fire went up from his knees into my hands. And he said, go give them this fire. He says, give them this fire to everyone who receives. He says, this fire will help them supplicate. Like, like last night when we were praying here, it was the fire that was energizing me in prayer. But it was startling because it, it, the fire came from his knees. And I realized something that it is very dangerous for us to pray in disagreement with God. For us to pray to God outside the parameters, the scope of his word. And that God wants us to pray in accordance with his word. He said, put me in remembrance. Can I read you something? Can I read you something? Let's, let's, let's read Revelation chapter 1. I want to show you something about Jesus Christ that I believe many in the church don't know. And many in church don't realize about him. You know, when, when, when the Lord instructed Pastor Raphael and myself to, to have this, my God, glory, uh, to have this 40-day uh, meeting, we had no clue what we are going to say. But we quickly realized while we were in uh, the first couple of days that really the Lord was preparing his people for the manifestation of his word. And so even the revelations that the Spirit of God was bringing into us were in line with that particular uh, objective of the Lord. But there is something about Jesus, beloved, that I want to highlight to us tonight. Something about Jesus that if, if we do not embrace and understand, we would never in our lives see any manifestation of anything from God. Let's read chapter 5. Okay, let's read, let's read verse 4 into chapter 5. Woo! Hallelujah. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Now, verse 5. And from Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. You know when we read that verse, you know when we read that, many, many would be drawn to the last statement that is the ruler over the kings of the earth. Very few would be drawn to the firstborn from the dead. And very, very few, if not none, will be drawn to the faithful witness. But if you want to understand the nature of Jesus, that terminology is very vital. The word there, the faithful witness, uh, 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 is com composed of two words, pist pistios or pistos and Matthias, 
the word comes from martyrdom. But the word witness there is a very judicial or legal terminology. So it means that he is a witness, right? But witness in the sense, in, in a legal sense, in that he, he is a recorder of the facts of God. So that means Jesus has a ministry. Amongst being God, amongst being ruler, he has a, a ministry of the faithful witness. So he is the faithful witness of God. So the responsibility of Jesus in his governance over the universe of God is to ensure that every word that God ever speaks, every plan that God ever plots, every purpose and intention that God ever reveals is recorded. And Jesus, in the courtroom of heaven, when God is looking for a witness to come on the stand, he will call Jesus. Remember, the Bible calls God the judge of the earth. So God is the judge of the earth. But there are, there are prosecutors, and we know who's the prosecutor. And at, at, at intervals in the heavenlies, in the heavenly courts, the court goes into session. Now Jesus is the faithful recorder or the faithful witness of every word that God has ever spoken. So every detail about everything that has ever escaped the lips of God is recorded by Jesus. So if God ever speaks and God needs remembrance in the courtroom, he will not, he will not witness of himself. He will call Jesus. The Bible calls him the faithful witness. That means he is God's most trusted recorder. So the records, you know, you know when you go into a courtroom and, and the courts are in session, you, you, you have that, that uh, a man or a lady on a stenographer or something and they are there writing down whatever they are writing down and what they are writing down is the minutes of the court in session. Every single word that is spoken by the lawyers of the defendants, the plaintiffs and the judge is written down. Jesus is the witness to the Father's word. You must, you must, child of God, before we continue here, you must, you must capture this thing in your spirit. He is the witness or the recorder to the Father's word. So everything God has ever spoken, Jesus knows it to the last detail. The faithful witness. He is the faithful witness. So Jesus is the faithful witness to every promise, every prophetic utterance that has been given. Remember the Bible says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. What, what does it mean that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony? Does it mean that every prophecy must testify about Jesus? No. He's saying that Jesus testifies by the spirit of prophecy. That if Jesus is going to testify about God, about himself, about his work, he is going to employ the spirit of prophecy to carry out that operation. 
Thus, the Bible says, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. So, if you want to hear how God testifies, you must have the spirit of prophecy in manifestation. It is not saying that Jesus, oh God, it is not saying that prophecy testifies of Jesus. Because that's what many have taught, that when you prophesy, your prophecy must testify of Jesus. But there are certain prophetic revelations, prophetic insight that makes no reference to Jesus. Because it's not dealing with Jesus, but dealing with a particular person, event, people, or place. But when it comes to the communication of that verse, he says, Jesus testifies with the spirit of prophecy. So he is the faithful witness. So he has every record of everything God has ever spoken. Jesus. So that's why it is impossible to mock God. It is impossible to go anywhere with Jesus without understanding how he operates. He is, he is witness. Not only to what God says, not only to what the Spirit of God says, but to what he also says. So that means he must see to it that the word that he has spoken has testimony. The Bible talks about the testimonies of God. How the testimonies of God reveal? It is through the spirit of prophecy. So when he prophesies, Jesus is testifying. When you hear that says the Lord, that says the spirit of God, Jesus is testifying to you. And that testimony he is giving is, is the testimony that he is giving before where? Before the courts of heaven. Because there he is a witness. And what do witnesses do? They testify. So how does Jesus testify? Through the spirit of prophecy. Now there's a reason why he uses the spirit of prophecy to testify. Remember, he is the recorder, both the witness and the testifier. So the witness has what? He has all the archives of what God has spoken. So they are always with him. But there are times on the witness stands when the witness has to give a testimony. And when Jesus begins to testify, what begins to come out is the spirit of prophecy. So when we stand, when we stand, Malithra, when we stand to, to pray, when we stand in agreement with Jesus, we are agreeing with his testimony before the courts that it is true. That's what the Bible says, let every man be a liar, but let God be true. How do you make God's word true in your life? Is when you begin to agree with his testimony. You see, when God speaks, it is his word. To us, it is prophecy. What is prophecy? Prophecy is the inspired speech, the inspired communication of God given through a physical vessel of man. But on God's side is not prophecy. It is what? It is his word. It is how he talks. When he speaks, Jesus records. And when it reaches us, it is testimony. The faithful witness. That's who Jesus is. He is the faithful witness. 
He is the faithful witness. Of what? Of what has already gone out. Let me show you something. You know, Jesus gave, gave us a detail, or rather gave me a detail of how to bring manifestation when he said to me, it is written that I am the high priest of your confession. Jesus said that to me. He says it is written. He did not say I am. He said it is written. What, you, what was he doing? He was sending me to the book. He was sending me to make what? Investigation. What did Jesus tell the Pharisee? He says what? Search the scriptures for they testify of me. And it is true because the scriptures are breathed prophetically by the Spirit of God. So they bear the testimony of Jesus Christ. So when we look at the scriptures, we are able to decode the testimony of Jesus. So he told them, search. So there are two ways from God you can receive his testimony. One is through the spirit of prophecy. Two is through searching. Because the person who searches and the one who speaks by the spirit of prophecy must reach the same destination. They must reach the same conclusions. So Jesus says to me, it is written, I am the high priest of your confession. Let's read. Are you the faithful witness? Do you have a faithful record of the words that God has spoken to you? Is there a faithful record in your life of what God has said about you, about his plans that you can pull out at any time and make testimony of what God said? You know, when the, when the Lord said to me, when the Lord said to me to write that book, uh, this book, uh, The Burden of, of, of a Prophet, I didn't want to write it. Because I was like, no, Lord, but <laughs> the prophecies are out. God says, no, son, this is not how it works. You know where he led me? To Revelations chapter 1, where he said to John, write the things which thou hear and which thou see. Why must they be written down? For a record. For a record. And after he showed me that, I wrote, I finished that book in, in, less than, in less than four weeks. Why? Because he must be proven to be the faithful witness. Let's read Hebrews chapter 3. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider. Con, con, you know, Pastor Raphael talks about, if, you know, the, the main goal of doing the word 
or how to reach a point where you start exercising the word is if you understand the function of a scripture or the function of a word. Now, the function of that verse, you know where the function of that verse is? You know where the function is? Consider. The word they consider shouldn't be consider. The word they consider means to look fully upon or to observe fully. So it should, it should have read, look fully on Jesus or perceive the apostle. Why is he saying consider? He, he's talking about, he's talking about paying attention to his modus operandi. So he says, observe fully, observe carefully the apostle and high priest of our confession. Notice what the Bible says, that Jesus is the apostle of our confession. He is the apostle. Jesus is the apostle of our confession. He is the high priest of our confession. What, what is the Spirit of God doing here? He is highlighting the highest functions of Jesus. The highest function in the priesthood is what? Is the high priest. The highest function in the ministry gift is what? The apostleship. So the Bible says that Jesus, Jesus is the apostle and the high priest of our confession. That means, that means if Jesus occupies high, the highest positions in these two ministries, that means that our confession is also a high one, is also a high work, is also a high office because Jesus must occupy the position of a high priest in order to carry out our confession. He must occupy the office of an apostle in order for him to carry out our confession. So that means that our confession is the highest duty of Jesus right now at the right hand of the Father. That his primary ministry in the heavenlies is to what? Is to execute our confession. Notice not his confession. Jesus does not fulfill his word. He fulfills our words. The reason why we say, oh God, why is not your word fulfilled in my life? Is because Jesus is not the apostle of his word. Jesus is not the high priest of his word. He is not in the heavens to make sure that his word comes to pass. He is in the heavens to make sure that our confession materializes. So what is our confession? Our confession is not what we say. Confession is not what we say. <sighs> the word confession then refers to the Greek word homologia. Homologia comes from uh, 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 homologio. Homologio comes from two words. Homus, H-O-M-O-U-S, and logos. Homus means together. Means together. Logos means the word. When you put those two, two, two words together, they give you homolo homologio. Homologio means to be together with the word in your speech. 
So Jesus occupies the high ministry position. The Bible tells us that he is what? He is, he is a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Remember, this is not a, a, a mosaic or a rhenic um, high priest. It is the order of Melchizedek. So the order of Melchizedek, the order of Melchizedek functions by this way. It functions by words. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So he is a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And he is an apostle. All this because of our confession. And confession there is homologia. Homologia means to acknowledge the truth. That is weakest, that is weakest meaning. It is to acknowledge the truth. When you begin to move into, into its stronger communications, it means to speak in consent or in agreement with what is said. In its truest form, it means to be together with the word. So, in other words, Jesus is, occupies the ministry of a priest and an apostle to ensure that what we say that is in agreement with what he is saying comes to pass. So, our confession is paramount to manifestation because without our confession, what Jesus said cannot be legitimized in the earth. Thus, cannot be manifested. So he is in the heavens today to intercede, to ensure that our confession, our homologia, our togetherness with the word manifests, becomes a reality. Remember I told you that he is the faithful witness. That means a man who is a receptor of the spirit of prophecy, of the words of promise, must ensure that he homologios, he confesses, Detail, line upon line, precept upon precept with what Jesus has said. If Jesus has said, you are my son in whom I am well pleased, you can't say, I am his son if. No, you must say it exactly as he said it. So what begins to happen and why we don't see results as we should is because when we say what Jesus said, we don't say it in the way that he said it. And we don't communicate it with the intentions and the emotions of the spirit with which he said it. He is the apostle. He is the apostle and high priest of our confession. Not your prayers. Not your prayers. Your confession. Not your prayers. Because you can pray in disagreement to his word. So Jesus' intercessory ministry does not cover prayers that are outside what God said. So a man who prays out of alignment, out of agreement, loosed, separated from the word of God, cannot receive answers. Why? Homologia can't work for him. Homologia can't work for that man. So Jesus said, he is the high priest. There's no higher office than that of a high priest. There's no higher office. The Bible says, first he has put what? He has put apostles first in the church. First. So what is the first ministry 
The highest ranking ministry in the church it is that of an apostle. And Jesus occupies that. For what purpose? For the purpose of our confession. He is the sent one of our confession. That means when we confess what he says, what does Jesus do? He is sent to ensure that it materializes. So if Jesus said, son, you are a billionaire, from that day on, your only confession should be what? I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. Remember, Elijah prayed seven times and there was nothing. Six times there was nothing. That means it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just continue to what? To homologia. To be together with the word. To be together with the word. I'm a billionaire. But you have nothing. I'm a billionaire. But there's nothing to your name. I'm a billionaire. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what exists outside. It doesn't matter the external circumstances. You are because he said it. Why does God speak to us? I said to him, it's because of testimony. Why does he speak? He speaks so that we can also speak. Remember, remember, he said, Son of man, can these dry bones live? And what did the man say? He says, Lord God, only you know. And then he says, prophesy to these bones. And then the Bible says, he it says, I prophesied as I was commanded. So success in a man's life only becomes possible when a man lives in full agreement to God and full agreement to what he says and is not afraid to give expression to what God spoke. Can, can I show you something? Let me show you something. John chapter 5. The book of John chapter 5. How could Jesus be so effective? Let me tell you something. It wasn't the anointing that made Jesus effective. Because you can have anointing, anointing and fail. <laughs> you can be anointed and fail. It was not the anointing that made Jesus effective. It was not the Holy Spirit that made Jesus effective. How many of you have the Holy Spirit today? Are you effective in your life? So you can't say the Holy Spirit is the one that made Jesus effective. It was not. There was something in Jesus' ministry that was instrumental to his success and effectiveness. I want to show, I want to show it to you. All right? Uh, verse 19 of chapter 5. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does what? The Son also does what? Like Wise. He says, the son 
also does likewise. Guess what? The word the likewise is homios. Homios is the root word, the base word of the word that I gave you, homos. Homos means what? To be together. So whatever Jesus did, he did it what? In like, here's what he says. He says he did it in like manner. So he said, I speak only what the Father commanded. So if you study the life of Jesus, every word Jesus ever spoke was what God said. Everything Jesus did was what God did. He did not do anything more or anything less. He did not say anything more or anything less than what God said. He did not improvise. He did not try and what add things to his word. That's why Revelation says don't add to this thing. Say it as it is. Give it as it is. So Jesus says, Jesus, Jesus says, everything the Father does, I do in like manner. So Jesus was what? In homologio with God. He was in agreement with God. That's why he could carry out his ministry successful. So some of us are not in agreement with God, are not in agreement with his word. Even after he has spoken, we begin to, we, we continue to behave, we continue to act emotionally, we allow emotions into our life that contradict thus making us disagree with God. So a person in his behavior, in his emotion, in his attitude, in his action can be in total disagreement with God and then come and speak with his mouth say, oh God. So homologia is not just about what you say with your mouth. It's not saying what God said only. Because you can say, God can say you are a billionaire, say I'm a billionaire, but act like a pauper. Behave like a poor man. No, homologia is not about that. There's a way homologia works. So he says to us, let's consider Jesus. Can we consider him for a moment? Can we consider him for, for a moment? Let's look at something. Glory to God. Uh, praise the Lord. Praise, praise, praise. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's consider Jesus and then let's look at how homologio and homologia works. You see, a man's homologia must be... Okay, we'll, we'll get there. Uh... 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. You here in the studio, read it, okay? 1, 2, let's read. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight, fight, do what? The good fight. Do what? Fight. Do what? Fight. Do what? Fight. Fight what? The good fight of faith. Why is the fight of faith a good fight? Why is the fight of faith a good fight? Why doesn't it say fight the bad fight of faith? Fight the challenging fight of faith. Because the fight of faith is about only one thing. Woo! 
The fight of faith is about only one thing. You know what it is? Homologia. So the fight, what we are facing, the fight we are facing right now is not fight really what Satan. It is the fight of what? Of faith. What is the fight of faith? What is the fight of faith? Let, let's see. Fight the good fight of faith, number one. Right? Lay hold on what? Eternal life. So he says, fight the good fight of faith. How are you going to fight it? And what is the good fight of faith? Lay hold on what? Eternal life. To which you what? Were called also and have confessed. Oh! How did you enter into how did you enter into eternal life? How did you enter into eternal life? How did we enter into eternal life? How, how did we enter into the faith? So he says, to which also you were called and have homologed the good confession. Oh, in the presence of many witnesses. So how do you lay hold on eternal life? I will show you now. Don't worry. Because he says, lay hold on eternal life. Possess it. So that means you can have eternal life. But if you don't possess it, you are, the, the, the vitality of eternal life will not be displayed with you. You can have faith, but you will not what? You will not win in that arena of faith if you don't know how to lay a hold of it. If you don't know how to fight. Where did, where did Satan trap Eve? Where did Satan trap Eve? In her speech. Eve did not homologia. She did not speak in agreement with what God said. What did she say? She said, yes, we must not eat it, not even look at it. God never said it. God never said that because he, he, when he commanded Adam, Adam was looking at the tree. So God never said, don't look at it. Eve added that detail and the door was open. He said, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things. And before Jesus, who did what? Who witnessed a what? A good confession before Pontius Pilate. Jesus witnessed a good homologia. What did Pontius Pilate ask him? Who remembers? Who remembers? What did Pontius Pilate ask him? And what did Jesus, Jesus say? It is as you said. He witnessed a good confession. He told him, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my servant would fight. So, Jesus witnessed a good confession before Pontius Pilate. When, 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 when he was under pressure, did Jesus buckle? Did Jesus say, no, 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 no I'm not a king. Uh, I'm not a king. Uh, they are lying. The Bible says he witnessed a good confession. Verse 14. That you keep this commandment without spot. Blameless until our Lord 
Jesus Christ appearing. What, what is he saying? He says, keep this commandment. So to fight the good fight of faith is a commandment. To lay a hold of eternal life is a commandment. And he says you keep it without spot until the appearing of Christ. So what is he saying really? He said that the key to the victory of the fight of faith, the key to lay a hold of eternal life is in homologia. Homologia. Is in your togetherness with the word. Togetherness with your word, the word in your singing. Togetherness with the word in your what? In your confession. Togetherness with the word in your what? In your prayers. Togetherness with the word in your what? In your conduct. Togetherness with the word in your what? In your attitude, in your mindset, in your soul, in your emotions. So the fight of faith, the reason why it is a good fight of faith, it is because the fight that you must fight is to keep your homologia intact. How are we weak? You see, all Satan needs to do to hinder you from manifestation, from fulfillment of God's word, is to derail your homologia. He knows it. Is to get you to speak contrary, act contrary, behave contrary, think contrary to the word of God. So until or unless your, your, your homology has gotten to a certain place, you can never realize manifestation. Hallelujah. Let's, 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 let's look at something. Let, let, let's, look at, uh, whew, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Praise the Lord. Let's, let, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 and then I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 33. You hear the studio reading? Read it, read it. Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, verse 23, yes. I said, I said, read it. I, I don't know, what are you reading? Hey, what are you reading? Read it. Verse 23, Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us what? Hold fast the confession of our without for he who promised is what? Notice what the Bible says. It says, let us hold fast. You know what that word should have been? It should have been hold down. In other words, let us hold down the confession of our faith. Let us hold down the confession of our faith. Let us possess the confession of our faith. Notice, notice, he says, without wavering. Without what? Without what? Without wavering. 
So if your confession is shaky, forget it. If your homologia is shaky, forget it. If your homologia wavers, forget it. So no person should expect any fulfillment, any manifestation from God if their homologia, if their confession of their faith is what? Is wavering. Remember what James said about a double-minded man? He says, let him not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Beloved, what do you think? No, God will have mercy on me. You know, I had a bad break. I had a bad day today. I forgot, I forgot to agree with God. God, God. God must forgive me. Oh, wow. God must forgive you. God must forgive you. Yeah, no, I needed a break. <laughs> and that's where many of us are. That's where many of us are. Our confession is wavering. We have not laid a hold of it. We have not, we have not laid it down. We have not gotten possession of our confession. In our minds, we're still thinking, oh, what if? What if this word is not true? The moment you start doing that, you're not in agreement with God. Remember, remember, he's the faithful witness who testifies. And his testimony is prophecy. So if, if you're not in agreement with what he says, forget it. And then you come to church and the pastor says, say, say I am prosperous. You say, I am prosperous. But you forgot when you were at home. You were asking yourself questions. Yeah, but what if these guys, they're just making up these things. Yeah, they're just making up these things. I always ask you this question. If prophecies about nations that we have no control over can come to pass with the same detail and accuracy with which it was revealed, is it not the same spirit that gives these promises to you? So why, they, why should there be any doubt of the validity, uh, validity of the word that is coming to you? Because when a prophecy concerning a nation was spoken and it came to pass, you saw it. You saw it. But when it comes to the promises of God in your life, you don't see them. Why? It's homologia. It's homologia. Testimonies regarding nations don't need a homologia. It is testimonies concerning your life that needs your homologia, your consent, your right of approval. Am I allowed to do this thing? So that means in spirit, soul, and body, there must be a total agreement that, yeah, no, I'm a millionaire for real. Because God don't want to make the mistake of giving you something that you don't want. Let me ask you, how, how, many, how many hours do you spend since you received a prophecy? How many hours do you spend in that word? Confessing it, meditating on it. How many hours do you spend ingraining and educating and reorientating and calibrating your system to agree with that word? How many hours do you spend? How many hours do you spend watching YouTube? How many hours do you spend with your friends? You see, you, see, you see why God's word in your life is not coming to pass? See why there's no manifestation? 
The Bible says, through desire, a man isolates himself, separates himself, and intermingles with wisdom. Through desire. We'll get there in a second, in, in a few, few, few minutes. The reason why, okay, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. I may not rather hear it myself. <laughs> he said, let us offer us a confession of our faith without wavering. For he who is promised, can you see that? Is faithful. You see that? So Jesus is faithful to his promises. But promises that you what? You align yourself and agree with. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Verse 14. Seeing then. Do you see that? Seeing what? Then. Seeing then. That we have a great high priest. That means when our confession is contrast to God, when our confession is against God, it means we are not considering Jesus. We are not considering the high priest. We are not considering the apostle. That means the key to aligning our confession with what Jesus has said is to consider his apostleship in the heavens, to consider his high priestly ministry in the heavens. Consider, observe it carefully. He is there. He is there. The fact that Jesus is seated now means that Jesus, Jesus is faithful to his word. Because he said, I will die, and after three days, I will rise again. So he says, considering that ministry, he says, hold fast. He says, seeing then, look at it, seeing then that we have what? A great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us do what? In other words, don't let your confession change for anything. Don't let it change for your mother. Don't let it change for your husband. Don't let it change for your wife. Don't let it change for your pastor. Don't let it change. Don't let your confession change for nothing. Seeing then that you have such a great high priest. Does Jesus do good on his word? Why is the confession, the homology of many of his people so opposed to him? So we make ourselves his enemy. We become enemies of his word, enemies of his promises, antagonizers of his promises, prosecutors of his promises, when we don't agree with what he says. When we don't agree with what he says. You see, the intentions of God, uh, I'm going to show you two things, and then I'm going to show you how, how manifestation comes. Through the system of homologia, how it comes. I'm going to show you how it comes. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10.
So for all those times you've doubted, questioned, you can see why there's been no manifestation. Romans chapter 10. Verse number five. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks. But the righteousness of faith speaks. And it speaks in a certain way. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ from above. Or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does what say? The righteousness of faith. The righteousness of faith says this. The word is near you. The word is. The word is. The word A. The word is. Where is the word? The word is where? In your, in your, and in your, in your, and in your, in your, and in your. This book of the law shall not depart from your. The word is where? And in your, in your mouth, and in your, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? A good man, a good man from the good treasure of his heart, doeth what? Bringeth forth good. So, how is that which is hidden, or the treasure that is within a man, brings uh, brought forth? It is brought forth through what? It is brought forth through speaking, not speaking. It is brought forth through homologia. Listen, of yourself, you can't bring to pass anything. Remember, it's the word of God that's the creator. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. So what you say doesn't matter. It's not what you speak that matters. Is, is what? Is the word that he spoke that matters. So what does Jesus define as an idle word, an inoperative word? It is words that come out of your mouth that he did not say. And then you got to come back and say, oh Lord, I'm sorry. Oh Lord, forgive me. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. He says, the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. It speaks in this way. He says, the word is near you, in your heart and in your mouth. Verse 9. That if you confess with what? Your mind. Your mind. So where does where where is the base or where is the headquarters of homologia? So he says that if you what confess with your mouth, remember homologia is not possible until his word is in your heart. You only speak what you are full of. So even if you can you you only speak what you are full of, it is out of the abundance of the heart. 
So he says, if you confess, so homologia cannot work independent from the heart. It needs the involvement of the heart. What makes homologia effective, what makes homologia powerful is its connection to the heart. So he says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, think about the process of salvation. The process of what? Of getting eternal life. Remember, he says, lay a hold of it. Think about the process of receiving eternal life. The process of receiving salvation. He says, what do you do to receive salvation? Do you pray? Talk to me. When you receive salvation, do you go on a, on a seven-day or seven-month prayer journey? Can a man who's at his deathbed receive salvation? Can a man who is killed countlessly receive salvation? Yeah? Can a man who spilled blood have his prayer answered? If you go and spill blood now, will your prayers be answered if you go and pray? David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. If you lie, will your prayers be answered? Yeah? If you lie, will your prayers be answered? If you live an unholy, unrighteous life, will your prayers be an, 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 uh, answered? So all these things hinder prayer. But a man who has been a metra all his life, can access salvation by not praying but homologia. A man who's been a liar all his life can access the biggest thing God has to offer if he follows the process. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe, listen, he's not even saying God forgive my sins. Since all a man has to do is, is what? Is, is homologia. Is be together with the word that Jesus is the Lord. So if you confess the Lord Jesus, if you say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, you are saved. You don't have to say that part, I believe God raised me, raised me for the dead. No. It says, if you confess, believing that he's the son of God. It says, if you say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Amen. What does the Bible say? They that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How was, how was, how was Paul saved? What prayer? What prayer did Paul pray? Did, did Paul, the apostle Paul pray a prayer of salvation? When he got up from that encounter with Jesus, he was a saved man. What did Paul say? Lord, Lord, who are you? He confessed Jesus' lordship upon encountering him, and it was that. Jesus never said to him, come, con uh, say the prayer. No, he said, Lord. Who are you, Lord? He recognized that the one who was talking to him was Lord. And after Jesus revealed himself to Paul, Paul was born again. Because after that encounter, he believed that this was the son of God. says, no man said that Jesus is a curse or Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. We'll get there now. So he says, for with the heart, 
one believes unto righteousness. Do, 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 do you get that? It says with the heart, man believes, one believes unto. The Bible says, when Abraham went out to number the stars, the Bible says he believed and it was accredited, accounted to him for righteousness. When he believed, he became righteous. When he believed, he became righteous. He became what? Righteous. God said, Abraham the righteous. You know what the Bible speaks about Abraham? He calls him Abraham the but Jesus had not yet come. How could he be righteous without the blood of Jesus? It says, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. That means if, if one believes, believes what? Believes God, believes his word. Believes his testimony. He says, what will happen to him? He will become righteous. And then he says, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So the good fight of faith is about what? Is about laying a hold of your what? Of your confession. Laying a hold. Oh. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Marie Gressou Tepedi Visage. Saletran Zegredi la Branche, Letro Sanja Padilla Pranse, Libre. Suthrete de Behesh, Caduvre Hezeke de Bahai. He says, The heart and the mouth are essential for what? For manifestation. And what must the mouth do? Homologia. What must the heart do? The heart must believe. But do you know there is something stronger than belief? There's a stronger energy than belief. A more intensified form of belief. We will, we will go into that now. Uh, Romans, I mean Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the, ah, in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And I want you to listen to the construction of verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope who against hope in other words there was no natural hope of Abraham and Sarah ever having a baby so natural hope was against them do you understand that that means even if natural hope was there, he was like, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't assist you here. So natural hope could not assist them in giving birth. It's like you right now. There's no natural hope that can assist you in becoming a millionaire, in becoming the billionaire God said you are. There is no hope. There is no hope. Natural hope, there is none. 
Your father was never a millionaire or a politician. Your mother knows nobody. There are no connections to your family. Your family knows no. You are the least of the least. You are like Gideon. There is no natural hope of you ever becoming somebody. You have not finished your school. You don't have a degree. You don't have anything in this system. There is no natural hope of you ever becoming the thing God said you're going to be. And God said you are. And God said he has made you to be. None. So Abraham, against natural hope, believed in spiritual hope. That means beyond every natural hopelessness, there is a spiritual hope that supersedes and superimposes over that impossibility. So against natural hope, he believed in spiritual hope. What was the spiritual hope? That it, it was written that I am made a father of many nations. So there was a hope based on what God said he has made him, that Abraham would become what God made him. And he did what? He superimposed on what? On the natural hopelessness of Sarah and himself of ever becoming what God said they are. So even though there was no natural hope, there was a hope because God spoke. And because God spoke, the Bible says to us, I'm preaching here, my God, and I want to teach. Ah, my God. He said, against hope, with the heart, he believed in hope. So he got a hold of the word. I have made you a father of many nations. So he was like, God, you have made me a father of many nations. So he, he what? He shut his eyes to his surroundings. He shut his eyes to the physical conditions. And where did he go? He went to his heart where the hope exists. And against hope, he believed in hope so that he might become. So the only way he could become is if he superimposed or superseded natural hope and took a hold of spiritual hope. That's how he was becoming or would become the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So what did Abraham do? He homologized with God. He was together with God. I'm Abraham, father of many nations. I am Sarah, mother of princes, mother of princesses, mother of kings. Every day he said that, I am as Abraham, I am Abraham, I am Abraham, I am father of many nations. He was together with God, he homologized. The only reason why he could believe is because he entered into a state of homologia. And how did God bring him into a state of homologia? He called him what he made him. You are Abraham. No longer shall your name be Abraham, but Abraham. And in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, he, he added, he added, he added the, the numerical value of five. I think it was hey on both their names. So it was, it went from uh, uh, Sarai to Sarah, from Abraham to Abraham. So what God added was the numerical value of five. Hey, hey, hey in the Hebrew refers to grace. So what God did on their names is that he added grace. He homologized. I'm a father of many nations. 
my descendants are as numerable as the sand of the seashores, as the stars in the sky. He believed it. The man believed it. And you must understand what, what gave Abraham manifestation was because his homologia was aligned with something that was going on in his heart. Remember, the prayer of Abraham throughout his encounters with God, throughout his relationship with God, is that I wanted a son. So what consumed him in his old age was the fact that he wanted a son. The Bible says this. The Bible says, and not being weak in faith. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was dead about, he was, since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver. He did not what? Waver. Let us hold fast to our confession without what? Wavering. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So there came a point in Abraham's life where he did not stagger at the promises of God. He did not waver. He was not tossed to and fro. Will it happen? If God, if will it? How? No, he was resolute. He came to a point in his life where his homologia was resolute, where his heart was fixated. There's a statement Jesus made in Mark chapter 11. He said, whatsoever you desire when you pray, whatsoever you desire when you pray. You see, the key to manifestation is something called desire. Mm. First Corinthians chapter 13. You see, if you don't desire to be a millionaire, if you don't desire to be who God said you are, if you don't desire to who God said he has made you, you will never become it. No matter how many words you may say, my brother, my sister, those words will be empty words. What fuels, what energizes, what strengthens the homologia of a man is not only the belief in his heart, but the desire to become what God said. Where is Hannah? Where is Hannah? Her desire moved her. Her desire invited possibility. She was barren. The Bible says the Lord had closed the womb. She was barren. What opened her womb? Desire. What brought manifestation? Desire. If you read Psalm says, thou shalt see the desire of thy enemies come upon them. Why are the witches in your life and they are still alive? Because there's no desire in your life. You see, desire is directly linked to manifestation. I will show you. Desire is directly linked to manifestation. Desire, say it, is directly linked to manifestation. It is directly linked. Why are you staggering? There's no desire. 
Why are you wavering in your confession? There's no desire. There's no desire. <laughs> Let's read. Let's read. First Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter number 13. Okay, let's read, let's read chapter 12. Let's read chapter 12. Verse 31. But earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly, zealously covet. He says, covet, lust, desire. Have you ever lasted for a man, woman? Have you ever lasted for a woman, you men? Have you ever desired a woman? Have you ever desired something in your life? Is there, is there a point in your time where you can recall where you desired something. What did it do to you? It consumed you. It did what? It consumed you. There was no room for any other thing except that thing. It did what? It consumed you. It consumed you. They say when people have sex, the part of the brain which has uh, consciousness or things about other things is shut down. And it is shut down because of the rush of, of, of hormones that are rushing toward the brain. So it's like an explosion that takes place in the mind that suspends for a time the normal functions of the brain. And that's why they say sex is powerful to, to human, not only longevity, but to human success, to human progression. Because of the desire. So he says, earnestly desire, covet the best gifts. What are the gifts of the spirit? Let's read chapter 12, verse 7. Let's read chapter 12, verse 7, beloved. What are the gifts of the Spirit? Verse 7. But the manifestation. The what? What are the gifts of the Spirit? The manifestations of the Spirit. So, he says, the gifts are the what? Manifestation. So, we can remove gift there and put manifestation. So, we can read, earnestly desire the best manifestation. So when a word of knowledge comes out, it's a manifestation. What brings it to pass? What makes it come into manifestation? He says it's desire. Is what? Is this? That means no amount of prayer can be answered without desire. 
No amount of homologia becomes a, a, a reality without desire. Desire is the cause, is what brings homologia, what brings prayers into manifestation. Let's read chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love and what? Desire manifestations. Desire manifest. These are spiritual things. So when I say I see somebody, it's a manifestation of a spiritual what? Operation. It's manifesting. How is it manifesting? That means if you don't have that manifestation in your life, he says, what, 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 be consumed by it. Be consumed by it. So desire is integral to manifestation. Is integral to manifestation. Without desire, forget manifestation. Because the Bible tells us that the manifestations of the Spirit are given to with all. And then he tells us how to get these manifestations in our lives. He says what? Desire. So how does the manifestation of the Word come to pass? Desire. How does the manifestation of the Word come to pass? Desire with other things. So desire never goes alone. Desire never goes alone. So desire will lead you into what? Into homologia. When, you are, when your heart is full of desire, you will homologia. When your heart is full of desire, you will supplicate. There are things in my life that I have solely because of desire. Solely because I desire them. I read Mark when Jesus said, whatever things you desire, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So you don't have them until you believe. But you don't what? You don't believe until you desire. So what led Abraham into manifestation? What was the first place? It was desire. The man desired, glory to God. He desired to be a father. More than anything in life, he desired to be a father. And when God gave him the word, it, it intensified that desire. When God said you are a millionaire, did, did it birth in you a desire, beloved? When God said you are a billionaire, did it birth in you a desire, beloved? Is there a desire in your life to become what God said? Is there a desire in your life for what God has said to manifest? Is there a desire? If the desire is not there, you have not cultivated it because he said, earnestly desire. The desire won't come by itself. The desire needs to be what? Cultivated. The Bible says when a man is led away, he's led away by his own sins. By his own sins. Have you been consumed by the word of the Lord? That's why it's not at the back of your head. That's why there's junk at the back at the top of your head. Not the word, junk. What brings manifestation? Desire. Are you consumed? Are you zealous? Are you coveting? Are you affectionate? 
with the word? Are you affectionate with the promises? Jesus said to me, it is written that I am. Oh, let me read you, let me read you what he said. I am the high priest of your confession. Let me read you what he said. My God. Let me read you what he said, and then we're gonna go into a period of prayer. He said, For it is written, I am the high priest of your confession. Tell my people that if they would speak in consent with my word and in agreement with what I have said and come before me in my presence into supplicate with the words which I have given them. He says, tell them that it would not take time. That's what Jesus said to me. He says, tell them. Are you as desirous as Jesus is to manifest his word in your life? Are you as desirous as he is? Is there yearning in your spirit to see the word of the Lord come to pass? Or is your mind full of junk, full of doubt, full of concern? What are you busy yourself with? When you supplicate, what are you saying to God? Oh God, please help me. Oh, please help me bring it to pass. Oh God, please help me. Oh God, rabo, oro, oro, oro. No, 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 no. He said, when you supplicate, supplicate with my words, not your words. You talk too much. Supplicate with my words, the words which I've spoken to them. And how can you supplicate if you are not, if you are not a faithful witness? Where is the records of what God said to you? You know, we, 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 we spoil you, God's people. We go to the extent of giving you the prophecy, saying it out, and then going home, listening to what we said, writing it down, and giving it to you. And do you know where those things go? They go somewhere in your junk space. How many of you have recorded your own prophecies? Prophecies that have been given to you. How many of you have a file? I can show you my file now. I can show you my file now. I can show you years. Years of documentations. Years of documentations. I have, I have files like this. Millions. Now it's nearing million words. Files like this where God is speaking. Faithful to record. I know what God has spoken. I can, I can pull it out. Words that God spoke to me. I'm not, listen, as a prophet of God, I'm not responsible of remembering and recording and being a witness to what God has said to me about you. No, it's not my problem. It's your problem. You know, if you study the ministry of Paul, the Bible says when Agabus came and brought forth the prophets, Paul said, I know. Paul said, I know. He was a faithful witness of the things which God has spoken into his life. So I don't know, I have this thing. If, if I ever give somebody a personal prophecy, it's very difficult for me to remember it. Prophecy about people, I, I forget. I don't know if it's, it's something of the spirit, but prophecies about nations and about other things that does not, I don't forget. Any, any day I can tell you, I can tell, 
But if it is about people, I don't forget, I, I, I don't remember. Because not my responsibility to remember. It's the recipient's responsibility to remember. It's the res recipient's responsibility to become what? To become a recorder of what? Of the testimonies of God. How many of God's testimonies have you recorded, beloved? And then you, 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 you want to say you're, you're a disciple of Jesus? You're a disciple of his word? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. He said, put me in remembrance. Not on what you think of what he said. That's what makes prayer effective. That's what makes homologia, confession, effective. Otherwise, the time in which the word, you know, the Lord said there are some of my promises which are long overdue. In other words, God's people have not been in agreement, have not been together with the word of God. So even the time elapses for that word to come to pass. Why? Because the, the ones that that word is supposed to manifest in, the, uh, uh, over, they are not in agreement. They are doing some other things. They are focused on some other things. Their minds are hooked up on some other things. They are not consumed. They are not desirous of the word of the Lord. It's an apostate thing to you. Yeah, God, you said it. Yeah, God, you said it. It's not something that, that is at, right here at the tip of your tongue. You need to search it. So you can't be ready for manifesting. You can't be ready. You can't be. And that's what the Spirit of God has been trying to do throughout this, this, this camp meeting, to bring you to a place where your homologia, where your prayers, your supplications, your praise, your thanksgiving, your singing, all these things can be in alignment with what the Lord has determined to do over your life. That's God's will. That's God's plan. That is His plan. And what are you doing about it? Haven't you seen that this world will never give you what you want? This world will never give you what you want. It will never give you what you want. Only the word of God can. This world will never give you. You try. You will wear yourself out. You will wear yourself out. It's strange. People can wake up 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock to go do work. Work that will not even satisfy their deepest desires. But they will not wake up 4 o'clock to, to, to investigate, to search, to research, to, to align themselves, to bring themselves into a togetherness, a union with the word that God has spoken. When you start telling them that, they'll tell you, I know I'm tired. No, I am tired. Forget it, man. Forget it. You're wasting your time. Forget it. Forget it. God can't be serious and you'd be a joker. Doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You must desire what God wants for you if you want it to manifest in your life. If you want to have the single, you know, you must desire for the word of the Lord to find full expression through you. Hallelujah. Consider. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession. 
Christ Jesus. Observe him. Look carefully upon him. Glory to God. Glory to God. So when you sing songs unto the Lord, when you sing songs to your heart, those songs must have the fragrance of what Jesus said. Those songs must be your confession. When you pray, that prayer must be a confession. When you make declarations, those declarations must be a confession. When you conduct yourself, that conduct must be a conduct of confession. There was a period in my life I had nothing. I had nothing. And I knew I had nothing. And I had no hopes of being anything. But I heard once that there is no law against dreaming being. I heard that once and it stuck with me. There's no law against dreaming being. And I'd consume myself with the best things, best things money can buy. I'd consume myself. I remember the first time I ever owned a MacBook. I remember six months prior to that, every single Monday, every single day of the week, I'd go to the iStore and I'd look and spend one hour on, on that store. Every single day I'd search, watch reviews, do all these things. I, I became consumed. Today, there's no product from Apple I don't have. There's none. There's none. There's no product with Apple name that I don't have. There's none. What brought me there was desire. What brought me there was desire. And I told, always told myself, I'm going to buy you. I'm going to buy you. I'll buy you one day. I'm using that as an example. That that thing found, it wasn't even what Jesus Say to me, I'll give you Apple products. No, it was something I desired. It found expression in my life. It found, exp it found expression in my life. It found it. I desired. I desired. You know, even in, my, in, even in, in, in the things of God, there are certain things I desired. I desired. You know, desire, I desire. There was one point in my life I was consumed. I wanted to see Jesus. I wanted to see him. It, it was, it was, it, it consumed me. I would stay up from, from uh, uh, late evening right into early morning. Stay up. Reading books of people who had encounters with him. In reading books, after reading uh, 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 books, I'm talking about burning the midnight oil. No sleep. Read books. Read books of people who see or saw Jesus, people who encountered Jesus. And I said to myself, I want to encounter you. After reading those books, I was so consumed with seeing Jesus, so consumed with being with Jesus. I said to him, All I want is to see you. I don't want anything else in life. All I want is to see. I want to see you. I read the Bible says, Blessed are pure in heart for they shall see God. I started, at that time I didn't know what I know. Pray God purify my heart. I want to see you. I was consumed. 
and then one day yeah. oh my god Ooh, my ears one day one day Jesus Christ my god my god my god my god niga rong shale bradila brancha bradila kratos mantasi bradola kranza brasile one day the one i desired the one i desired appeared before me oh my god my god my god my god my god my god desire 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 i can tell you about many instances i desired certain things you know before i started moving in the power of god i'd, I'd see i'd see god use men of god in certain areas and i desired i desired i desired and then i started launching out by faith and the very same things would happen that's before i knew what i knew today but that same power that same spirit of god could find expression through my life to be a blessing in other people's life desire anything material anything physical anything that you can touch or see desire brings it into manifestation the womb the womb of hana was opened by desire That's what strengthens your homologia. That's what strengthens your supplication. The desire to be exactly what the Lord said he is going to make you, promised to make you, said you are. If salvation, if confession and belief brought you into Christ, every other thing will come into manifestation through that same way. God has spoken beloved and you can't fool God are you a faithful witness of the promises of God of the testimonies of God do you have record of what the Lord has said concerning you I knew in my life earlier on that if I was going to be anything in God I was going to have to be very diligent. I knew if I wanted to amount to anything in God, I was going to have to be diligent. And I've been diligent to his glory. Are you diligent? Are you diligent? Do you know what it takes to receive prophetic words? Do you know what it takes to receive prophetic words for every single person? You know, I've given prophetic words to hundreds of people. Do you know what it takes? Do you know the sacrifice, the commitment, the purity of life a man must have? Jesus said, I've sanctified myself for their sake. Do you know the sanctification it is required? Pastor Raphael says, he has over seven hours. In fact, he doesn't say, I know it. 
of every prophecy I've given him, he spent hours, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of hours, listening to those prophetic words. Files and files and files and files and files. You, what do you have? Jesus has a parchment, stacks and stacks of words he has spoken over. He has them as record. Where now what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Of the Lord that he has shown you. What records do you have, beloved? Where we still have to tell you, hey, do this, hey, do this, hey, do this. No, it don't work that way. There's a point in your life where you must be convicted. You must be persuaded. You must be persuaded. Hallelujah. 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 Blessings, glory, honor, and adorations we give unto you, dear Lord. We bless you. We bless you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, beloved. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope you learned something this evening and you were impacted by the words that came to you and hopefully they will aid you in functioning appropriately in receiving a manifestation of the word of God in your life you are responsible not Jesus you are responsible not God you are responsible not I nor Pastor Raphael you are responsible you are responsible. Question is, will your life make God to be a liar? Will your life produce false testimony of God? Will your life touch the integrity of God? It's up to you. It's up to you. Well, good evening, beloved. I just thought I should share that with the brethren of God, especially since the Lord Jesus Christ has given us specific instruction and communication. And I hope that blessed you. God bless you. See you on Monday. See you on Sunday for those who are coming to church. See you on Monday for our final few days of this 40-day camp meeting. It's been glorious. It's been amazing. It's been great. God has been good. The Spirit of God has been present with us. And he is still present with us. And we love God for his faithfulness.